The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to another edition of Kicking Out at Two. I'm your host Dave Rosenbluth, and we got a special, brand new concept here for you that we're gonna we're gonna launch in the middle of WrestleMania season. It's called the Do Over. That's right, where we take an event or a moment in wrestling history that isn't looked at so fondly amongst all the wrestling historians, and we do it over, reimagine it in hopes that. It, it brings a better light to the historical situation, or we add some some historical value to it as well. And we are we have a tall task ahead of us when it comes to this do-over type moment, because we're going to be doing over WrestleMania 9, which is regarded as, some say, the worst WrestleMania of all time. And joining me to help do over this this horrible Wrestlemania <laughs> is the architect of Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network himself, Kobe Nido. What's up, bud? Hey, 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 Dave. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, I'm excited, also nervous to do this. Um, it took a lot of kind of booking uh, strategery on my end um, to try to make this feel like, could this be a good Wrestlemania? Because a lot of people, like you said, look back at Wrestlemania 9 and they just shake their head at it. So, uh, were you that type of person? Um, as a kid, I... So, as a kid, when I... I mean, I was 10 years old, so, like, my brain wasn't wired like that. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of hard to, to really say, other than, like, I remember being excited about it. Um, you know, the, the prospects of Hogan returning. He was gone for a year. Um, there was some there were some new faces in the mix. Bret Hart as the champion. He was going to be facing Yokozuna, who was a, a, a new force. Um, there was there was a it was a, it was a changing and a transition um, that in some ways I wasn't ready for, but other ways I guess from what I remember I was kind of excited. Yeah. Um, and then what really caught my attention more than anything was, and I'm a big fan of this. This is you know one of my I wouldn't say mark out. Um, type of moments, but I, I love wrestling events that occur in the outdoors, like in a stadium setting. Mm-hmm. And so when I didn't get to order this pay-per-view as a kid, but I remember for whatever reason, my parents allowed me to stay up to watch the next night's Monday Night Raw, and they aired a commercial for to advertise the replay of this WrestleMania. And I remember seeing that it was outdoors, it was daylight, they had the Roman Coliseum theme, and I thought, wow, this looks pretty cool. And then, of course, the the biggest shocker of them all, Hulk Hogan winning the WWF title, and he wasn't even advertised to be in the main event with either Bret Hart or Yokozuna. Right. So I was then more intrigued to try and convince my parents to, 
allow me to get this pay-per-view, which they didn't. But um, when I've watched it over the years, and as the years have gone by, it's increasingly been apparent that this WrestleMania was not that good. Um, Even with all the bells and whistles with the Roman Coliseum motif and um, the surprise finish. And I'm still in favor of the surprise finish with Hogan at the end. The only drawback I think that most fans would, I think, would agree with is that, number one, there was a really shitty undercard on this WrestleMania. And therefore, you get a finish like that on a really shitty undercard, and people are just like, wow, that's like the cherry on top of the Sunday. Number two, the fact that there was really no follow-through when it came to Hogan winning the title. Aside from the fact he dropped it to Yokozuna and then just disappeared, most fans, like myself, had expected some kind of follow-through with Hogan and Brett. Because Brett was very integral in that moment where he... Told Hogan to go for it. Right. Hogan went for it. So we covered it on a special what if. It was kind of like a prelude to this do-over series where we covered SummerSlam 1993 as if it were headlined with Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart for the WWF Championship. You could find that in the archives over at Retromania. It's one of our best shows, I feel. Um, very detail-oriented. Um, social media took to it very well. I, I, I greatly appreciate all the listener feedback when it came to that that idea, that notion. Um, check it out. So this is, I guess, going to be kind of like a prequel to our What If of SummerSlam 1993 with this WrestleMania 9 do-over. Yeah, and uh, it, it's kind of strange. My booking almost does kind of lead us into that last episode of the What If that we did, which was a lot of fun. So this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. I appreciate you um, uh, trusting me to uh, book again as well as yourself. Uh, I hope it was creative, creatively fun for you too. Yeah, I had a good time. You know, really going through, you know, with ideas and and, and ways that I think that. Like and, and full disclosure, I try to take a little bit of what took place during mm-hmm. that time period and implement it into some of the newer ideas. Same here. So they kind of like mesh and merge together. I don't just totally wipe the slate clean. I try to take some of what had potential and kind of clean it up a little bit, yeah. in my opinion. So um, why don't we first run down the actual card that took place and then we'll get to your... You're booking first, and then we'll finish off with mine and go from there. Does that sound good? Absolutely. All right. So what we saw at WrestleMania 9 on April the 4th, 1993, Shawn Michaels opening the show, defending the Intercontinental Championship against Tatanka. We saw a a, um, a non-finish of sorts. Uh, Shawn Michaels retained the championship. Um, good match. Wasn't great, but it was a good match. Good way to open WrestleMania. Luna made her debut attacking Sherry. We would also see the Steiners and the Head Shrinkers in a match. Um, tag team match. Steiners victorious. Then we would see Doink the Clown defeat Crush with a little bit of help from another Doink. We saw a little Doink double vision going on. Um, Razor Ramon defeating Bob Backlund in swift fashion. Then we saw... 
the Mega Maniacs defeat Money Incorporated via a disqualification, thus Money Incorporating remaining the WWF Tag Team Champions. The narcissist Lex Luger getting the victory over Mr. Perfect. Giant Gonzalez getting disqualified and losing to The Undertaker. And then the main event saw Bret the Hitman Hart lose the WWF Championship to Yokozuna in controversial fashion as he was blinded by Mr. Fuji's salt. Hulk Hogan would run out and Bret Hart would approve of Hulk Hogan challenging Yokozuna on the spot. And WrestleMania 9 ended with Hulk Hogan as your WWF Champion. That's what we saw in 1993. Now, Kobe, tell us what you would present to us as your do-over of WrestleMania 9. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to have to have a little bit of a lead-up because I do have a story. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm going to start at Survivor Series 1992. Um, and it's actually going to have the tag team match that was supposed to happen with Warrior and Macho uh, teaming up to go against Flair and Ramon. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the whole card. Um, the Head Shrinkers, Samoa, Samu and Fatu defeat High Energy. Uh, Big Boss Man defeats Nate. Um, hold on, time out, time out, time out. Yeah. High what Energy. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. You got me, you got me. Yes, the, the Wild Samoans are, what are they called at the time? The Head Shrinkers, correct? Uh-huh. The Head Shrinkers defeat yeah, High the Energy. Um, there you go. And Big Boss Man defeats Nails in a nightstick on a pole match. Tatanka defeats Rick Martel. Natural Disasters and Nasty Boys defeat Money Inc. and the Beverly Brothers. Uh, Yokozuna, or Yakazuma, or Yokozuma, whatever you want to call him at the time, defeats Virgil. Uh, then we have Undertaker defeating Kamala in the coffin match, like normal. But here's where we switch it up a bit. We have... The British Bulldog still keeping that Intercontinental Championship because he hasn't left um, the WWF. He's still with us. So he okay. he, he defends it against Shawn Michaels, but uh, Shawn Michaels nonetheless cheats. Um, and he uses, you know, a little bit of tights and uh, gets, gets the victory over Bulldog. So we have a new Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. Kind of like it was, but uh, mm. played out to where these guys... Uh, still can feud because bulldog is still here gotcha then we have the match between bret hart and papa shango and that's been haunting bret he's been cursed kind of like in the storyline that they kept at the time um mm-hmm. papa shango gets a victory over bret hart though um yeah he used some head tactics and um basically snake eyes bret's and uh, pins him and wins. And then... Now, hold on, let me yeah. provide a little context here. Shango and Brett, is that for the title? Is Brett the champion? Oh, no, no, no. We still have um, Flair as the champion. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. I'm sorry I didn't, right. I'm sorry I didn't specify. Ric Flair is still our champion at the time, folks. Um, okay. We have not transitioned to Brett yet. And uh, Gotcha. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Brett. Um, so... The main event of this Survivor Series is the tag team match, but this time it's in a steel cage. Um, So you can climb over the top, you can pin or submit. Um, So Warrior here is going crazy. Um, 
he he basically picks up Ramon, slams Ramon, goes after Flair. Macho's going crazy on Flair, and um, Warrior double clotheslines Ramon, and Flair uh, gets a victory over Ramon. So Ramon is out, but the door is open. Warrior walks out and just leaves Flair there. Um, so Flair is in the match with Macho Man, the last two in the cage. This is pivoting off of their rivalry. So, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt. So yeah. this is an elimination steel cage, a tag team elimination steel cage match? Yes. You can climb out the door, climb over the top, pin, or submit. But, the, but your partners are eliminated. Yes. Okay. So, all right. I'm just trying to understand. So Warrior has, Warrior, okay. has, uh, Warrior has left Macho Man. Um, and Fla- okay. Flair's there. Mr. Perfect is still outside. They start working over the knee of Savage, and Mr. Perfect is not helping on the outside. He's getting worried about the damage being done to Macho Man because they do have some type of respect in the ring. And uh, Mr. Perfect comes in there to try to slow down things with Flair. Macho Man rolls up Flair. One, two, three. We get Macho Man the sole victor here. Um, I mean, Warrior kind of left him high and dry, but... He was doing warrior things, um, pinning Ramon and Ramon running out the door. They're kind of running after each other. Um, so that that's your end of your Survivor Series. We have a recap of the Survivor Series, kind of things breaking down. As you remember, Superstars um, kind of took things slow and main event as well. And then the arrival of Monday Night Raw would be July 11th. Now, the inaugural Raw is going to feature... A WWF Championship match, uh, Ric Flair against Macho Man Randy Savage. So a big rematch there. You with me, Dave? I am. Okay, okay. So a big rematch there. That happens. Um, In the match, we have Mr. Perfect attempting to throw in the towel as Ric Flair is put into a figure four by Macho Man. Um, they're kind of working each other's knees over. Razor Ramon comes down to uh, try to finish off Savage, but Perfect stops Ramon, pushes him, causes some type of distraction. Uh, he swings at Flair and hits Flair, and uh, Savage takes advantage of that, hitting the big elbow. One, two, three. Savage is our new champion on the first night of Monday Night Raw. Okay, I like it. <clears throat> but... We have some problems because, uh, you know, Warrior left and him and Macho still are kind of like, you know, they're the Macho maniacs, but they're still kind of have this 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 aggression because of the prior events that have happened with WrestleMania seven. You know, everything that's happened Mm -hmm. with them. Um, So this is building. Jack Tunney announces that since Warrior was one of the first to make an elimination in the steel cage match. Um, he's going to get the first opportunity at Savage. So at the Royal Rumble, our main event is going to be Macho Man Randy Savage defending against the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and a huge rematch there. So we also <clears throat> will get Money Inc. capturing the uh, tag team titles from Natural Disasters like normal. Um, and then we'll get an announcement that Marty Jannetty has returned, and uh, he'll he'll be going against Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title, like we had spoke of before. Okay. Um, okay. Bobby the Brain Heenan says he has a big announcement 
for the Royal Rumble, and that's going to be the narcissist Lex Luger. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so let's get into our Royal Rumble card then. Um, the first match is Money Inc. defending their tag team titles against High Energy, and they <laughs> win by nefarious means. Um, kind of working over Owen at the end there, um, and you know, beating him down and getting a lot of booze. Then for the Intercontinental Championship, we have Shawn Michaels picking up the victory, the same finish that you have in the Royal Rumble, Sherry with the shoe, and um, yeah, accidentally costing the match. So yeah, that's, that's that. Um, then we have Lex Luger defeating Tito Santana. That's his first match. He's going to he's gonna premiere and have a match at Royal Rumble rather than just showing up. Mm. Um, so okay. it, it's a quick victory, though. He hits um, Tito with the forearm, you know, shows off the torture rack, and that's pretty much it. Is he with Bobby Heenan? <clears throat> Bobby Heenan presented him. So he's just, okay. he's just by himself right now. <clears throat> okay. Um, then we have the Steiners. Defeating the Beverly Brothers. Then, in a big hoss match, we have the up-and-coming Bam Bam Bigelow going against Big Boss Man. Big Boss Man picks up the victory. And then, we have the Royal Rumble. Okay, so 30 men here. We're going to have pretty much uh, most of the same guys, except a couple replacements. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, Bret Hart will be in the place of Tenru. British Bulldog will be in the place of Carlos Colon. There is no Giant Gonzalez in my storyline. So At all? No. So all right. Giant Gonzalez okay. does not appear. And then, big surprise here, number 30, in place of Giant Gonzalez, it's the returning Hulk Hogan. Ooh. So okay. we're down to the final four here. Ric Flair, uh, Hulk Hogan, Mr. Perfect, and Yokozuna. Um, <clears throat> uh, Tatanka was in there too. He had a little standoff with um, Yokozuna, uh, but ended up getting taken out by uh, a tag team. You know, something like that, to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk Hogan and Mr. Perfect end up taking out Yokozuna, though. Uh, Rick Flair, Mr. Perfect, and Hulk Hogan are left. Schma's kind of ending. Um, Mr. Perfect taking out Rick Flair. Hulk Hogan coming behind Mr. Perfect and throwing him out. Hulk Hogan wins the Royal Rumble, folks. So he will be oh. he will be our contender for the main event of WrestleMania Nine. But oh wow! Okay. Now we have the WWF Championship match. It's Randy Savage versus the Ultimate Warrior. And it's everything that you would think it would be. A lot of aggression here. A lot of the old stuff that they're throwing in there. Uh, maybe a little bit more counters. In the end, the ref gets bumped. Money, Inc. come down with Jimmy Hart. Uh, they got the briefcase. They're signaling that they, they know something is going on here. Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage are kind of both laid out by double clotheslines. The referee's still down. Ted DiBiase slides the briefcase in the middle. Randy Savage looks at it. Warrior looks at it. 
they kind of uh, gaze at each other. <clears throat> Jimmy Hart throws the headphone to Ultimate Warrior. He catches it, smashes Randy Savage, does the big smash. The referee is woken up. One, two, three. The Ultimate Warrior has just sold out and become our WWF champion. Okay, so that's Ooh, my Royal okay. Rumble. Um, we have <clears throat> a lot of recaps to get through in the next Raws. Um, war, why Warrior Why is a, is a question that everybody asks. Um, and Jimmy Hart finally gets a promo and he said because the money baby because the money because hulkamania has ran too long because he tried to run the warrior off years ago baby and now the warrior knows he can be the only one there's some interviews with hulk hogan saying you know i can't believe that he had turned his back on the wwf all the fans all the people um but at wrestlemania 9 it'll be the ultimate challenge to uh, that that oh, that's building okay. up for my WrestleMania nine, the main event, Hulk Hogan versus the heel Ultimate Warrior, decked in all black, uh, face paint and uh, kind of gold trim. He's kind of a uh, you know he's he's rich now, so um, he's full of himself. He says he did it because uh, all the Hulkamaniacs over the years they turned their back on the Warrior and. He never really got that chance to run as the as the man. So that's his motivation to to completely destroy Hulkamania. Um, he had to turn to the dark side, and at WrestleMania nine, Hulk Hogan, you are done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's my main event for WrestleMania. I, I, I dig that twist. I dig that. We get a bunch of recaps of promos. We get. Yoko still smashing Jim Duggan in the lead up to this as well. Um, we also get uh, Tatanka challenging Yoko Zuna to a match at WrestleMania 9. Okay. Yeah. So uh, undefeated streak against undefeated streak. Who is the better here? Um, Pride Japanese against the American Tatanka. So hopefully people get behind Tatanka on that. Uh, we also get Bret Hart and the British Bulldog teaming up during these uh, these weeks because they uh, they saw the beatdown that Money Inc. caused on a high energy member Owen Hart. They didn't like that, and then they saw the devious tactic that was done to Randy Savage with the Ultimate Warrior, um, Bret Hart. And the British Bulldog are stepping up and going against Money, Inc. at WrestleMania. But before then, they go against the Wild Samoans and they beat them. We also get Perfect vs. Ramon on a Monday Night Raw match. Um, Flair gets involved and Ramon gets the victory over Mr. Perfect. But at WrestleMania, we're going to have Ric Flair vs. Mr. Perfect. Uh, these guys have pent up. They split up. Um, Bobby Heenan says he doesn't want to be in the middle of it, but uh, it, it's going to be loser leaves match. So that's uh, okay. that's another match for WrestleMania Nine. During the build-up, Marty announces that he is going to get another shot at the Intercontinental Title um, per Jack Tunney 
but this time it's going to be in a uh, in a ladder match. So it's going to be Marty Jannetty against Shawn Michaels in a ladder match. Um, okay. All right. I like that one. Yeah. Shawn Michaels says, hey, Jack, I got news for you. I've got a surprise in my corner. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he said dot, 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 but, you know, <clears throat> I'm leading up to that. <laughs> um, we get on a Monday Night Raw, March 15th, uh, Savage is in entering the building. He's still got that bum leg. Out of nowhere, a car comes up and hits Macho Man Randy Savage. And out pops Razor Ramon. So it's still on with these guys. The leg has been worked over of Macho Man Randy Savage. And he's really hurt. The uh, following two weeks, he's, you know, saying, uh, you know, I'm healing, I'm healing. And then finally he returns um, the week before WrestleMania and says he's going to be at WrestleMania. And there's going to be a last man standing match. So uh, it's a last man standing match. Razor Ramon against Randy Savage at WrestleMania 9. And as well as The Undertaker um, sticking up for the dark side here. He says he doesn't like the dark ways of Papa Shango. And it's time to put him to an end and rest in peace. In a tomb match, it'll be Papa Shango against The Undertaker. Um, Hmm. Yeah. And then another match um, that gets lined up here after... Uh, weeks of uh, beating job guys, Lex Luger has kind of punished them and put them in the torture rack. Big Boss Man is going to stand up, and he's going to teach Lex Luger real punishment. It's going to be Big Boss Man against Lex Luger at WrestleMania 9. Um, okay. And then we have a big tag team match. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, and the British Bulldog going against the Ultimate Warrior <coughs> Money, Inc., so it's kind of like a DQ ending, but it's like it's building up. That's on the March to Mania. It's building up to this big WrestleMania nine, and I guess let's uh, let's get to it. Any thoughts before I get into my WrestleMania nine? Interesting. I like some of the interesting uh, matchups you 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 set up here. Um, I'll be interested to get your thoughts on what I set up uh, with, with with my WrestleMania nine shortly. But continue. Okay, um, so we are at WrestleMania 9, and uh, give me one second here. So the, um, the opening bout is Doink the Clown versus Crush. Making kids cry, brah. And uh, Doink becomes the victor in the match, just like at WrestleMania 9. Um, we also get the same match of... The Head Shrinkers against the Steiner Brothers. Awesome tag team match that came out of nowhere. Uh, Steiners pick up the victory here. Then, let's go to Big Boss Man versus Lex Luger. Uh, Big Boss Man is powering over Lex Luger. He's he's lasted the longest with Lex Luger. Um, more than anybody over the months of Lex Luger's build here. And um, Lex Luger eventually picks up the nightstick, distracts the referee... Uh, hits his bionic elbow and pins Big Boss Man. Lex Luger stays the victory, stays the victor, and stays undefeated. Um, but he did not put Big Boss Man in the torture rack. He attempted, and uh, Lex Luger picking up a victory. 
there uh, building some steam. The next one is a big boss match, or a big hoss match. I'm sorry, a big hoss match. Uh, Yokozuna, the undefeated, going against Tatanka. Uh, some salt in the oh. eyes is used as Mr. Fuji throws the salt. And Yokozuna picks up the victory, squishing Tatanka, giving Tatanka his first loss in the WWF, building up this huge Yokozuna still. Then we get the tag team match, Money Inc. against Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. And this is a, this is a good tag team match, as you could imagine. These guys are all like technical workers. Um, but I see Bret Hart and the British Bulldog picking up the victor here and getting the tag team titles over Money Inc., causing some friction between the group there. They said they're not coming out later with Jimmy Hart unless, you know, unless they get another shot at the tag team titles they'll see what they can do maybe this feud is still continuing any thoughts there about brett and bulldog becoming tag champs no i I like it something different something fresh and they had also had a previous match for the intercontinental title so it's showing there's history there yeah with their SummerSlam encounter absolutely the family bond yeah there's there's all kinds of different avenues that they can go towards with this it's it's got it's got legs yeah and i do have a little bit of a after wrestlemania 9 like loose booking for those guys too um so okay uh then we have the last main standing match it's macho man randy savage and razor ramon kind of a la wrestlemania 10 with crush and randy savage but it's razor ramon and randy savage kind of all over the building everybody counting you know one two all the way up nine oh they're both up but Razor Ramon picks up the victor here, pushing Randy Sta- Savage off of a balcony into a display of merchandise. Is this the end of, Roger, uh, of Randy Savage? I don't know. But uh, Razor Ramon picked up the, the cheap victory there, uh, just barely getting up before the 10 count as well. Um, any thoughts there? No, I like that. I like the, the last man standing match because he's... He's oozing machismo, man, and he's the macho man, uh-huh. Yeah, I like the little play on words. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, so next up is the tomb match with The Undertaker and Paul Bear. The tomb match? Yeah, it's a tomb match. So, so what exactly? It's the same yeah, as a casket. Can you explain that to me just so I can It's the same as a exactly casket. A it just looks match. like a tomb. And it's got like so it's like a casket, but it's not. Yeah, it's like a coffin, but it's not. But it's also a casket, oh, but okay. it's a tomb. It's just it's just uh, because we're playing off of um, Caesar's Palace and stuff like that. So it's a tomb. Okay, um, interesting. All right. So it's gonna okay. have like skulls and stuff, and maybe like hieroglyphs on the side and stuff. Spooky green smoke coming out of it. So it's this tomb that just sits at ringside, and you got to put your opponent in it? Exactly, and cover the lid. Okay, all right. Yep. So uh, Undertaker hits the big boot on Papa Shango, splashing him into the tomb. Uh, a bunch of green smoke oozes out, and the tomb is covered. Undertaker continues his streak at WrestleMania Nine in a much better match than Giant Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> and we never got the payoff in real life with Undertaker and Papa Shango. So something that I thought would have been cool to see at this year's Mania or, uh, you know, following any type of pay-per-view. They just never, they never collided. Uh, Maybe at house shows, but yeah. Um, I think actually, you know, it's funny you say that because I think I just saw a picture recently or or a video. I don't know if it was on social media. Maybe it was Twitter of 
the two of them in a match. Um, it was like a col- I don't know if it was a house show or if it was like a Coliseum home video exclusive, but I do remember um, at one point in time there were some there were some tag team matches on the house show circuit that uh, pitted Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior against Papa Shango and I don't know if it was Nails or yes. if it was Sid. Yeah, I think it was Nails. But I remember. There was some involvement between the two of them. I don't know if it was it was it was done to lead to something, but I do remember as a kid seeing matches advertised that with Shango and Taker uh, on opposing teams. Oh, B- Berserker and, and Shango. Okay, yep, that's it. That's who it was. Yep, yep, you're right. Yeah, um, interesting stuff. That I guess uh, it didn't perform well, quote unquote, at the house shows as they were on that kick at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right, so I got three matches left. Um, you ready for them? Yeah, let's do it. We got Ric Flair against Mr. Perfect in a loser leaves match. Um, during this, Bobby the Brain Heenan is on commentary, and he's freaking out. He doesn't know who to pick. He loves uh, Mr. Perfect, but, you know, he loves Ric Flair. He's a huge fan of both of them, uh, yada, yada. Uh, the, the match goes on. This is a pretty long match, technical masterpiece here. Uh, Flair has bladed. Uh oh, might get in trouble, but uh, he's he's a bloody mess. Um, Mister Perfect puts him in the perfect plex, but Ric Flair puts his foot on the rope. Oh my goodness, so close! Bobby Heenan gets up and teases throwing in the towel, but we don't know for who. Kind of causing a little friction, Ric Flair and Ric Flair grabs the the towel from Bobby and then throws it in the ring. The referee thinks that Bobby threw it, rings the bell. Oh, my God. Mr. Perfect is leaving? Wait, what? What? Another referee comes down, says, no, 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 no. Uh, This happened. The the crowd, uh, you know, we get Fink saying, this match must continue, and the crowd just pops. Um, Mr. Perfect ends up, you know, chopping and slapping Ric Flair. Ric Flair does his whole selling routine, bounce in the corner, jump up and down, gets clothesline. Mr. Perfect hits him with the... uh, the perfect plex, one, two, three, goodbye, Ric Flair, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey, hey, hey. It's a big uh, big thing there, and uh, Bobby runs in the ring and hugs Ric Flair and um, crying with him, and Mr. Perfect picks up uh, Bobby and nails him in the face, and, uh, you know, he Bobby takes a big back bump, solidifying Mr. Perfect as a face here. So uh, that's it. Hmm. Yeah. Then we get our ladder match. It's Marty Jannetty against Shawn Michaels. Marty Jannetty comes out with Sherry in his corner. Shawn Michaels comes out with Luna in his corner. Um, so these women kind of cause a distraction during the match. Marty Jannetty is climbing the ladder. Um, Luna and Sherry are fighting. They bump into the ladder. Marty falls, hits his throat. Um, playing off the shoulder and throat injury of last match that they had. Um, Shawn Michaels picks up the victory here. The fans kind of hate it, but love it. Shawn Michaels and Luna walk out smirking and laughing. Um, Marty Jannetty is there hurt and kind of gets a a little, like, taken out with the referees. Not on a stretcher, but, you know, walked out. It's like, what's going to happen with Marty? Um... Mr. WrestleMania, though, Shawn Michaels picking up the victory. Oh, okay. 
And then our main event, it's the ultimate challenge to WrestleMania 9. Three years of build-up, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior with Jimmy Hart in the Ultimate Warrior's corner. Uh, Ultimate Warrior comes out to a slower pace of his theme. He's walking now. He's not really running. He's still got this uh, you know, brutal in, instinct in the ring, but he's, it's slowed down a little bit. Uh, he takes the control over Hogan. The fans are going nuts this whole outdoor show. Um, it's kind of a back and forth. Um, and near the end, we see Jimmy Hart slide the megaphone. Warrior decides to, to go against it. Um, him and Hogan do the huge clothesline spots. Splash, miss, splash. Hogan hits the big boot. Hits the leg drop. Then gets up. Ultimate Warrior gets up. Hogan hits the Axie Boombaye. Oh, wow. Haven't seen that in forever. One, two, three. New champion, new champion. Hulk Hogan one more time. Uh, Jimmy Hart is pissed off. He gets in the ring afterwards and is berating the Ultimate Warrior. And smashes him in the head with the um, the megaphone. Ultimate Warrior is shaking and Warrior's up. The fans go crazy. Ultimate Warrior throws Jimmy Hart um, out of the ring, uh, beating his chest, and looks at Hogan. Offers his hand. Maybe, maybe. And they shake. And the Warrior kind of points at the sky, points to the people, and runs off. But Hogan gets his celebration here. WrestleMania 9 is over with Hulk Hogan standing tall. So from okay. so from there, I mean, my loose plans are to have Hulk Hogan lead up to Yokozuna at SummerSlam um, or King of the Ring. Uh, King of the Ring okay. is going to have Bret Hart and British Bulldog in the finals. Uh, tag team champions hmm. in the finals, but Bret Hart wins. Um, okay, yeah. I like that. So that that's my that's my loose booking there. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I dig that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, overall, I, I you know the 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 Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty ladder match aspect, Warrior turning heel, um, some of the twists and turns with the Ric Flair Mister Perfect rivalry, uh, the Undertaker Papa Shango thing. I mean, you got some pretty good some pretty good setups uh, heading into your WrestleMania. I definitely would think it. I would I would score that WrestleMania. Um, Better than the WrestleMania or the WrestleMania that we saw in 1993, definitely. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it was it was kind of a. I felt like I was leaving some people out too, because there's so many people on mm-hmm. the roster at the time. I mean, you got Bob Backlund still, Jim Duggan, who and Roddy Piper, people that I respect and wanted to put in there. But I was trying to think of like what can make sense with the trajectory that they had and if they had really gone with mm-hmm. ultimate warrior going heel, how would that look? Um, and I thought like Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. backing him and the money would be like, you know, a sweet spot for ultimate warrior to be like a heel for a transitional phase and then kind of ride off into the sunset, giving Hogan back the, the torch and ultimate warrior can start his, uh, warrior Academy or whatever he was doing. So. <laughs> yeah. Write, write another comic book that won't sell him. Yeah. Right. And then you can build up Yokozuna more and then uh, have him and Hogan just finally uh, finally standing off. Because, uh, you know, Jim Duggan was Hogan's friend too. Why not have 
all these friends of Hogan get squashed. I'm thinking like Sergeant Slaughter, you know, people along the way. And then Hogan's finally like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, I, I got to defend the belt, the people, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. So that that is my WrestleMania 9. Thank you for letting me do that. That was that was fun getting my creative juices flowing. I'm glad I'm glad you got to, you know, exercise some of those creative demons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now allow me to present to you my do-over mm-hmm. of WrestleMania 9. Um, it starts with at in 1993 it was announced that Andre the Giant had passed away. And so he was also named the first inductee into the WWF Hall of Fame. That wasn't even a thing at that point. Um, So at this year's WrestleMania, uh, we will see the very first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, Now, mind you, just take into account here when it comes to what I'm going to present. I'm starting from... I'm I'm not going back all the way to the Survivor Series, but I'm kind of taking... Some of what took place, they really started at Survivor Series and Royal Rumble and incorporating it into this trajectory Okay. with, with, with all of the storylines. Um, so I'm kind of staying within that current time frame, but just adding some stuff here and there. So in this Battle Royal, you'll see Tatanka, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Nasty Boys, High Energy, the Beverly Brothers, the Natural Disasters. Oh, I'm sorry. High Energy. <laughs> Thank you. The Beverly Brothers, The Natural Disasters, The Bushwhackers, Papa Shango, Damian Demento, The Repo Man, El Matador, Jerry the King Lawler, The Berserker, Skinner, Bob Backlund, Terrific Terry Taylor, The Model Rick Martel, Max Moon, Virgil, Kamala, Kim Chi, and Mr. Hughes, all a part of this Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Mm -hmm. Also at WrestleMania, you will see Shawn Michaels defending the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Championship inside a steel cage against Marty Jannetty. Okay. After the controversial finish from their Royal Rumble title match, which we saw Sherry get involved, WWF officials signed the rematch between the two and make it a cage match so Sherry can't be a factor in the match. Sherry, however, doesn't let that stop her. She's vowed to be at ringside to support Marty and promises Marty that she won't be a factor in this match when he wins the Intercontinental title from Shawn Michaels. So that's... Intercontinental Championship rematch inside of a steel cage. Shawn Michaels, Martin Gennetti. Okay. Um, you will see the Steiner brothers take on the Head Shrinkers, which we saw in 1993 at WrestleMania 9. Um, there wasn't really any buildup to this match that was just announced at that time in 1993. The added caveat that I'm putting into this story is that the winner of this match will receive an opportunity at the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Titles at the upcoming King of the Ring pay-per-view in June. Okay. So there's some stakes involved in this match with the Steiners and the Headshrinkers. Well, I'm sure with the Steiners... We will also... I'm sure with the Steiners... I'm sorry? I'm sure with the Steiners and the Headshrinkers, there's always stakes involved. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I had to get the dad joke in there. Yeah, dad joke, yeah. Try the fish. He'll be here all week. Um... (laughs) We'll also see, same match we saw in 1993, Crush taking on Doink the Clown. Similar buildup, Doink playing tricks on the kids, Doink playing tricks on other wrestlers at ringside, he's causing havoc, Crush can't take it no more, Doink uses his um, that, that, that fake arm he had in the sling to take out Crush, cause a concussion, sets up their match at WrestleMania. 
Another match on this WrestleMania card. We will see the narcissist Lex Luger involved in a match. Now, since Luger's debut, he's run through the locker room with his bionic forearm. And Bobby Heenan has said that Luger is playing by an all-new set of rules in the WWF, and these are the narcissist Lex Luger's rules. Luger then uses that forearm to take out random guys on episodes of Raw and SmackDown until Jack Tunney has had enough and would force Luger to compete at WrestleMania night in a match against anyone that's willing to sign this open contract. For the next few weeks during Luger's matches with enhancement talent on Raw, Superstars, or Wrestling Challenge, hands on commentary and questioning who is just going to step up to the plate and face the narcissist and his bionic form. Who's left? Luger's disposed of them all. Mean Gene then announces on the WrestleMania 9 report that per the edict of President Jack Tunney, the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith has stepped up and accepted Luger's challenge for a match at WrestleMania 9. During the buildup of this match, we would see a pose down on an episode of Wrestling Challenge where Bulldog appears to have won based on the audience reactions. However, Luger's upset at this and would use his mirror to assault Davy Boy Smith, stand over him, pose over him, and barely build the heat towards that match at WrestleMania 9. Nice. Another match scheduled for WrestleMania 9 is Razor Ramon and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh-huh. Following Survivor Series, the Macho Man had vowed to win the Royal Rumble and become the WWF champion yet again because he's not sure how many more big matches he's got left in him. He says the new generation has taken full force and he wants to prove he can still hang with the best of this new generation. He named Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, The Undertaker... We would then see Razor Ramon. In 93, he had challenged Bret Hart at the Royal Rumble and come up short for the title. So that is still in Razor's trajectory, that he had had a WWF title opportunity and lost. Macho would still be the last man eliminated in the Royal Rumble. Okay. So he comes up short with his title opportunity. A few weeks later on Superstars, we would see the Macho Man interviewing Razor Ramon to discuss his loss at the Royal Rumble. Razor wants to discuss Savage's recent comments about the new generation. Why didn't Macho Man mention Razor's name with all the others? Is Razor not great? Is Razor not oozing enough machismo, man? Savage, you should know. Razor took out your leg and cost you the WWF Championship. Razor throws the toothpick in his face, taunts him some more. Savage is just trying to do his job and maintain his composure as he's reluctant to get physical with Razor. Razor walks out as the crowd chants, Macho, Macho, Macho. Then, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, Savage does commentary on Razor Ramon's match with Bob Backlund. Vince tries to discuss the recent encounter he had with Razor, but Macho deflects he's trying to do his job. Heenan taunts Savage and calls him a coward with more deflecting from Randy Savage. Razor gets the win with the Razor's Edge. Then Bobby Heenan grabs the microphone and tells Razor Ramon that Macho Man said he's afraid of him. Razor then grabs the microphone and calls Macho into the ring. He wants an answer from him. He wants to know why Razor isn't good enough according to the Macho Man. He wants to know why Macho Man is so scared to face him. Macho says that he's not scared to face him. He just thinks that Razor is not worthy of facing him. That's why he didn't mention his name along with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker. He explains why he didn't mention his name among those others. He says Shawn is an Intercontinental Champion. Bret is a Triple Crown winner. Undertaker is a former WWF Champion. What have you done to deserve to be included in that same company? 
What makes you think you deserve another shot at the WWF title? You couldn't beat Bret Hart at the Royal Rumble. If you're using so much machismo, then you should have been the WWF champion by now. This infuriates Razor, implying that he doesn't have enough killer instinct to be at the top of the WWF. Razor would then slap Randy across the face. Macho would turn the other cheek and receive another slap. Then as Macho tries to walk away, Razor says, Hey, Macho man, keep walking away, just like Elizabeth did. Savage stops dead in his tracks, slowly takes off his cowboy hat, his sunglasses, crowds pumping him up. Razor sees an opportunity and pounces on Savage as he's taking off his jacket. Both men trade blows until Razor nails a low blow and dumps Randy to the outside, ramming Savage into the ring post. He grabs a chair and nails Macho in his injured knee. Macho tries fighting back, but Razor gets the best of him. Razor's edge on the floor and a toothpick to the face as he's down on the arena floor. On a later episode of Superstars, Mean Gene announces in the WrestleMania report that Macho Man has gone to WWF President Jack Tunney and has demanded a match with WrestleMania 9 against Razor Ramon, and Jack Tunney has agreed. So there's your build-up to Razor and the Macho Man at WrestleMania 9. Okay. I like that. Mr. Perfect against Ric Flair, and a loser leaves the WWF match. Same build-up as before, starting at Survivor Series. Perfect has made the partner for Randy Savage. Because Bobby Heenan tried to hold him back. The whole deal, same as you saw in late 92 going into 93. Both men would eliminate each other in the Royal Rumble match to build up to this. Then on an episode of Superstars, Heenan announces that Flair is going to get his rematch for the WWF Championship against Bret the Hitman Hart on Monday Night Raw. By the way, Bret Hart's the champion. Same as 93. We get a good back and forth match between the two. Mr. Perfect is on commentary with Vince and Bobby as he's bickering, arguing... Back and forth with the brain as the match is ensuing. The finish comes when Flair goes for the figure four. And as he turns around to apply the hold, Mr. Perfect stands up at the booth, leans over Vince to nail Bobby with a right hand. Mm. Brett takes advantage and counters into the sharpshooter. Flair has no choice but to give up. Your winner, still WWF champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. Flair is irate post-match and demands a match with Mr. Perfect. Says he will put his career on the line if that means he can get rid of Mr. Perfect once and for all. On a following episode of Superstars, Mr. Perfect calls Flair's bluff and says, Put your money where your mouth is at WrestleMania. Loser leaves the WWF. Perfect says he will be on Superstars the following week with a contract in hand. Following week, Mr. Perfect shows up at the commentator's booth during Flair's match with an enhancement talent. Bobby and Vince are on commentary and signs the contract. Then he hands it over to Bobby so he can deliver it to Flair. Out of nowhere, the narcissist Lex Luger comes up from behind and nails Perfect with the bionic forearm, causing Perfect to hit his head on the TV monitor at the desk, resulting in blood loss. Flair then shows up after he had defeated the enhancement talent while Perfect is laying at the commentator's area, signs the contract in Mr. Perfect's blood, making the match official. So, Kobe... Little quick recess here. What do you think so far? I like it a lot. I like it. Um, intertwining stories, um, proper builds. Uh, I'm digging it, man. And we have a, a couple cool. similar matches, but uh, yeah, you, you went with the direction of Brett staying the champion. I, I like that. Okay. Cool. Anything cool. for Brett? Next up. Now, after hearing your 
your matchup between Undertaker and Papa Shango, it didn't come to my mind at that time to, to make that match because a lot of people, you know, in over the years when they've discussed Undertaker's match with Giant Gonzalez, they have said, you know, the match should never happen. It was the worst idea, the, the, one of the worst WrestleMania matches ever. And I, I agree, okay? For this timeline, this purpose, I'm keeping the match. Okay. I, I, I just felt that with... All right, I'm just keeping the match. Same buildup as before. Gonzalez shows up in the Rumble. He cost Undertaker the match. And he puts Undertaker out. It sets up their match at WrestleMania. So, um, nothing really to add to in the buildup towards that. Um, All right, here's the double main event. Money Incorporated will defend the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles against Hulk Hogan. And I'll name his partner in just a moment. Similar buildup from 1993 as we saw Money Incorporated attack and assault Brutus Beefcake and try to injure him and take end his career. With the exception of Jimmy Hart doesn't turn babyface in this story because that's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. I didn't like it then in 93 and I still don't like it now. Um, Hogan returns to make the big save and challenges Money Inc. at WrestleMania 9. But he needs a partner. Because WWF officials are refusing to allow Brutus Beefcake to wrestle at WrestleMania 9 due to his injuries and the fact that they don't want to be liable for any further injuries. They're forcing Hogan to find a partner of his choosing for the Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania 9. He promises to have the ultimate solution to his Money Incorporated problem. Weeks later on Superstars, Hogan would face IRS in the main event. The finish would come when DiBiase jumps in and beats on Hogan, causing a disqualification finish. They would beat on Hogan until out of nowhere, Sid Justice runs down to make the save. Money Incorporated clears the ring. Sid helps Hogan up to his feet. And then out of nowhere, Choke slams him to the mat, followed by a powerbomb. Money Incorporated and Jimmy Hart enter the ring and hand Sid an envelope full of money. DiBiase grabs the microphone and tells Hogan it doesn't matter who he brings to WrestleMania 9. They always have their own insurance policy as they all walk out together. Wow. The following Monday on Raw, Vince interviews Hogan via satellite from his home as we see Hogan wearing an ace bandage over his shoulder collarbone area and he asks Hogan what he plans to do now that Money Inc. has stacked the deck with their new insurance policy, Sid Justice. Hogan promises that he's got an ultimate solution and he will deliver that promise next week live on Monday Night Raw. Following week on Raw, Money Incorporated, Jimmy Hart and Sid show up And they grab Vince out of the commentator's area and force him to get in the ring so that they can call out Hogan and find out who his partner is going to be at WrestleMania. Hogan shows up in the aisle with a steel chair in his hand and his shoulder wrapped up as he points to the curtain when it's revealed his WrestleMania 9 partner is... The Ultimate Warrior. Hogan and Warrior enter the ring as the heels scatter out. Vince then gets a word from the challengers as Warrior says he was asked to be Hogan's partner because Hogan knew he could be trusted. But the real reason why he chose to be Hogan's partner is because Warrior has unfinished business with Money Incorporated as he claims they were the ones that took him out before Survivor Series. Now, quick pause here. If you guys remember, in 1992 there was an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event that saw... The, the Ultimate Maniacs of Randy Savage and Ultimate Warrior take on Money Incorporated. And Ric Flair and Razor Ramon got involved 
And that was the last time you saw the Ultimate Warrior on WWF programming because he was then let go from the company. Mm-hmm. And they that match was taped prior to um, his his positive drug test. So they had to scramble and do a last-minute deal to get Mr. Perfect into the match, if you recall. Yep. So I'm kind of tying up loose ends here. Um, Warrior says that he is sure that, that Ric Flair is behind that and he plans to deal with Ric Flair at a later date. Ooh. Typical Warrior mumbo-jumbo promo with Hogan ranting, Warrior Wideness and Hulkamania will become the new WWF Tag Team Champions at WrestleMania 9. So that's your build-up for that part of the double main event. The other half of the double main event at WrestleMania 9. We'll see Bret Hart defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship against the winner of the Royal Rumble, Yokozuna. Okay. We get the same build-up. From 1993, Yoko wins the Rumble. He steams out through, steamrolls through everybody. He takes out Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He attacks Bret Hart at the contract signing. Bret Hart's the fighting champion. Bret Hart's been taken on all comers, etc., etc., etc. But before we get to WrestleMania 9, we get to the March to WrestleMania 9 special. One week before WrestleMania, we see Tatanka... Defeating Shawn Michaels in a via pinfall in a non-title match. We also see Ric Flair, the narcissist Lex Luger, and Razor Ramon pick up the victory over Mr. Perfect, the British Bulldog, and the Macho Man Randy Savage in a six-man tag match. Okay. We also see The Undertaker defeat IRS via disqualification as Sid would interfere and attack The Undertaker. Taker fights back from Sid as Giant Gonzalez would then enter the ring and choke The Undertaker from behind. WWF referees and officials try to break it up as they go to commercial. And then in our main event, it's The Ultimate Warrior taking on Yokozuna. The match ends in a no contest as Money Incorporated gets involved, distracting Warrior as Yoko nails Warrior from behind with a bucket of salt. Money Inc. then jump the Warrior as they help Yoko set up for a bonsai drop on the Warrior when out of nowhere, both Hulk Hogan and WWF champion Bret Hart run in to make the save. Hmm. Money Incorporated leave the ringside area as the two baby faces both double clothesline Yoko out of the ring. Hulk Hogan then picks up Bret Hart's championship and hands it to him. Bret snatches the title away from him and poses with the championship on the ropes as Hogan and Warrior pose for the crowd to end the March to WrestleMania 9 special. So we are on, we're, we're, we're at the last stop. Okay. To WrestleMania 9. Yeah. Before we get to WrestleMania, what are your thoughts? I like the build. I like the... Um, I, I think this is the direction that the WWF would have gone if Ultimate Warrior was there, um, as well as Brutus. Um, I, I like it a lot. I dig it. Okay. WrestleMania 9, with the debut of Jim Ross, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. Vince is your host slash master of ceremonies in full toga garb, and Mean Gene Oakland and Todd Pettengill handle the backstage interviews. The opening match is for the Intercontinental Championship inside of a steel cage, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. We get lots of teasing with several escape attempts by both men. High-risk maneuvers from the top of the cage by both guys. Shawn would deliver an elbow drop off the top to Marty. Marty would deliver a superplex to Shawn off the top of the cage. Following that, instead of going for the cover, Marty crawls to the door. But we see Luna Vashon arrive to attack Sensational Sherry. When Marty tries to escape the cage, crawling out the door to help Sherry, the door slams shut in his face. And we see the debut 
of Diesel. Michaels would crawl over and lay his arm on Gennetti to get the victory. Post-match, Diesel enters the cage, helps carry Sean out as Luna and Sherry are fighting all over the ringside area. Okay, I like it. Second match on the card. The Steiner brothers defeat the Head Shrinkers. Same finish we saw in 1993, except they're going to go on to King of the Ring to wrestle for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Crush losing to Doink. Same double Doink finish we saw in 1993. As much as people don't care for the match, I thought the double Doink finish in 1993 was very creative, and I wanted to bring that into the fold, into this this uh, this trajectory. Um, up next, loser leaves the WWF. Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. It's a great back-and-forth match between the two. Bobby Heenan's on commentary, and he's frantic. He's scared he's going to lose his meal ticket. Um, Flair tries to use the taped brass knuckles that um, he had hidden in his, his tights during the match. Mr. Perfect would eventually get color after Flair uses the exposed turnbuckle to bust Mr. Perfect open when he was unsuccessful in using the brass knucks. Flair goes for the figure four on Mr. Perfect, but it backfires as Perfect counters for a quick roll-up and the victory. Leaving the WWF, the loser, Ric Flair. Mr. Perfect, the winner of this match. Bobby Heenan is beside himself. So does Ric Flair. Jack Tunney and WWF officials are out to make sure that Flair leaves the ringside area and leaves the WWF. As Mr. Perfect and Caesars Palace sing, na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. Yep. Bobby walks back up the aisle with Ric Flair, and we see Mean Gene trying to get a word with Flair backstage, but he's irate. Heenan and the narcissist Lex Luger are there trying to console Flair when Flair grabs his bags, gets in a limo, and drives off. And upset. Heenan and Luger standing there as Ric Flair has left. Mean Gene then turns his attention to the interview area where he sees Razor Ramon. And he's trying to get a word with Razor. But out of nowhere, Macho Man, uh uh-huh, jumps Razor from behind to get their match started. They make their way through the curtain down the aisle. Savage getting the best of Razor to start things off. Eventually, Razor will manage to gain the upper hand by working on Savage's knee, which has been a focal point in this story. Razor used Savage's knee to take him out on that episode of Monday Night Raw I detailed earlier. Savage will then eventually try to make a comeback and finish Razor with a top rope elbow drop, but his knee gives out, and Razor capitalizes by picking up the win with a Razor's Edge off the second rope. The post-match sees Razor soaking in the victory when Macho Man manages to stand up and get his attention. He looks Razor right in the eye and offers his hand out as a sign of respect. With some hesitation and teasing on his part, Razor would eventually shake his hand and walk out as Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary implies that Razor Ramon got soft. He should have waffled him, McMahon! This also will set up Razor Ramon. This is the start of Razor Ramon's babyface turn that that we would eventually see later on in the spring and summer of 1993 after losing to the 1-2-3 kid. So this is this is the, the, the starting point for Razor Ramon's babyface turn because he accepted Randy Savage's sign of respect by shaking his hand. Okay. I like it. Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, the match everyone paid to see. Worth the price of admission alone, uh-huh. 
It's a decisive victory for The Undertaker over the Giant Gonzalez. There's no shenanigans. There's no chloroform washcloth over his face. Undertaker defeats Giant Gonzalez and stuffs him in a customized gigantic casket to end this rivalry. It's not a tomb. It's a casket. <laughs> Lex Luger, the narcissist, and the British Bulldog are up next. It's a good big man. It's a good hoss match, as you would like yes. to say, Kobe. The finish would see the Bulldog go for the running power slam. And as he lifts Luger up, Luger's feet hit the referee in the face, temporarily knocking him down to the outside ring area. Luger then counters by pushing Davy Boy off into the opposite corner and removes the protective padding of his forearm to expose his bionic forearm. He then nails Davy from behind in the back of the head, rolls him over as the referee is just getting back in the ring to make the cover. And your winner, the narcissist, Lex Luger. Very cool. All right. First half of our double main event. Money Incorporated versus the Ultimate Maniacs. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Tag Team Championship. We would see Brutus Beefcake show up in their corner as an equalizer to Sid and Jimmy Hart, wearing that protective face mask. The finish comes when Sid gets involved, pulling the referee out after Warrior had IRS beat from the power press slam. Referee calls for the bell. Hulk and Warrior win by disqualification. Beefcake grabs a chair and nails Sid from behind as we see the, the participants in the match fighting with the bell ringing. Beefcake is then laid out by Sid after Sid removed his protective face mask and took a chair and nailed him in the face. Referees and officials then go tend to Beefcake, and all three heels are working on the babyface team when all of a sudden the gong hits and it's The Undertaker. Standing in the aisleway, distracting Money Incorporated and Sid as they are watching The Undertaker standing in the aisleway. Hogan and Warrior take full advantage and nail the heels with the chairs as they powder out and stand tall. Somehow, during all of this, Jimmy Hart is still left alone in the ring with Hogan and Warrior as they launch him over the top rope onto Sid, who catches him on the floor. Officials try to get them out of the ringside area as Undertaker and Paul Bearer are seen leaving back through the curtain. Hogan and Warrior pose for the crowd. They end up getting the briefcase full of money. They throw it into the crowd like Hogan and Beefcake did in 93. All is right with the world. And Hogan and Warrior look into the camera as Hogan tells Warrior, I told you, brother, I had an ultimate solution for us, dude. Bobby Heenan implies on commentary that Hulk Hogan made a deal with the literal devil, the Undertaker, for some backup. Hmm. Okay. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal sees Tatanka eliminate Bam Bam Bigelow to pick up the victory. And in our main event, the second half of our double main event, Bret the Hitman Hart and Yokozuna for the WWF Championship. Before the match gets started, we get pre-recorded comments from earlier in the day with Mean Gene Oakland, who gets a word with Bret Hart in his dressing room. Owen Hart is there for moral support as Gene asks Bret about his strategy going into the match. He discussed how Hacksaw Jim Duggan was laid out by Yokozuna recently, and Yokozuna's path of destruction doesn't seem to be coming to an end anytime soon, as was evident on the March to WrestleMania 9 special, which they replay and show clips of Bret Hogan making the save for Warrior. Bret talks about how far he's come as champion, beating all challengers, Ric Flair, Razor Ramon, the model Rick Martel, Papa Shango, etc. And he's ready for this challenge that's ahead of him, despite the distinct size advantage. But... He's got some interesting remarks for Hulk Hogan. He implies in this interview that he saw the look on Hogan's, in Hogan's eye when he handed him the championship, hinting that Hulk is jealous of him as the champion. Brett reminds us that while he respects all that Hogan has done for the WWF, 
This is his turf now. And he wants to know that if he walks out of Caesars Palace as champion, he will gladly give Hulk Hogan first crack at that championship if that's what he's really after. Hmm. Owen tries to shift the focus of the interview towards the match with Yokozuna as Gene ends the interview foreshadowing a possible showdown between these two if Brett can get by the mighty Yokozuna. We then cut to Gene, live shot, who played the interview for Hulk Hogan, who tries to downplay it by saying that Brett might have gotten caught up in the heat of the moment. He says that he knows Yoko and Fuji are up to no good, and he's promising Brett that if Yoko and Fuji try something, that he'll be there to stop it. He and his Hulkamania acts have unlimited amounts of respect for Brett Hart, and Brett deserves a fair title match against the mighty Yokozuna. He then says that whomever walks out of that match as the champ, he'd gladly take a chance at the WWF Championship, whether it's the champ, as Hulk said in 93, <laughs> or the hitman. Match, that's who he wants. He wants a shot at the championship. Okay. Match rolls around. We get the same finish. Salt in the eyes. Yoko wins. Hogan shows up. Fuji challenges Hogan. Brett encourages him to go for it. Hogan accepts. Beats him quickly for the WWF Championship. Hogan goes to celebrate. Referee goes to hand him the title, but Brett enters the ring. Hmm. Owen on the outside, trying to convince Brett to come back. Brett reluctantly hands over the WWF Championship to Hogan. Raises his hand, then gets really close to him, and he says something to him. But Hogan snatches his hand away from Brett as he poses with the title. Brett walks out of Caesar's Palace, upset he lost the title with Owen Hart following him. But he turns around halfway up the aisle, and we see a dejected look on his face as he's watching Hogan celebrate his WWF Championship victory to close out WrestleMania 9. Interesting. There you have it. That That is my do-over of WrestleMania 9. I like that a lot. Your thoughts? I like that a lot. Um, You took... took Things that happened and kind of tweaked them. You and I had some similar things. Instead of the uh, ladder, you had the steel cage for Marty and Sean getting the blow off there, having Luna and Sherry involved. Um, I like the usage of British Bulldog and Lex Luger. A uh, good spot for both guys on the card. Um, and the the main event, the twist there, you, you got it all summed up. I like the, the Ultimate Warrior and Undertaker and Hogan kind of... Uh, you know, forming that faction there, and we could tell more stories with those guys. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I was trying to get to certain things. I was trying to tie up some loose ends we saw in 93, maybe make some scenarios a little bit better, as well as kind of uh, include add some foreshadowing. I brought Sid back. Yeah. Warrior's still there. Bulldog's still there. You know, it's a question that a lot of people, a lot of fans over the years have ha- have had. Had some of these guys still been involved in the company? Had Sid never left? Right. Had Hogan never left? Even though Hogan did come back for, for, for WrestleMania in 93. Bulldog and Warrior. Like, what would WrestleMania have been like? Right. There's a lot. And, and, and it seems like in, in, in those couple of years between 91 and 93, there were a lot of different things that were left on the table due to the absence of Sid and Warrior, respectively, during those time periods. If you recall, Warrior was fired in 91 following the match at SummerSlam because he tried to hold Vince up for money. Mm-hmm. What would have Warrior's involvement been like heading to WrestleMania 8 that year? He did, granted, make an appearance at WrestleMania 8 at the end, and then Sid would leave the company a month after that. So 
you got to figure and wonder what kind of what, what kind of scenarios what was left on the table because those two guys that I feel like in wrestling history a lot of untapped potential major money matchups were discussed or could have been discussed had they been more involved in the company Absolutely. during their respective times. And I like the the touch of uh, the the shades of uh, you know jealousy with Bret Hart at the end there too, and building to what could be with him and Hogan in the future, which also ties into our what if from SummerSlam '93. Go back and listen to it in the archives. Kobe and I break down what could have been Hulk Hogan. Bret Hart, WWF Championship, WrestleMania 9. This is the starting point that gets us to that, what you're listening to right now. Yeah, I like it. I dig it a lot, man. This has been really fun. Um, I, I would say your WrestleMania was uh, far better than the actual WrestleMania 9, if it were to play out that way. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. What did you think of our WrestleMania 9s? What did you think of our scenarios? What would you do to make WrestleMania 9 better? Go into our Facebook page, our Twitter um, Put it out there. We'd love to hear your feedback. We appreciate all the support. Kobe, I think it's about that time that we officially put this one down for the three count. What do you think? Yes, sir. One, two, three, big boot. Nobody's going to come and save you at the end. And uh, like no other podcast is going to creep up and be like, hey, can we get a shot? Uh, Hopefully not. That's right. That's right. I like that. Nobody's going to come make the save. Big boot leg drop. And we'll see you all next time. Sweet. I am.